Well, good morning. Uh, there's uh, something that the Lord's been really just working out of me and, and working in me. And uh, it didn't, uh, I didn't intend for, for what God, the teaching that God gave me to, for it to be a, a series, but that's exactly what it became when, when God began to show me and, and reveal to me about, uh, it started out about being a kingdom man. And uh, I'm just going to briefly go over, uh, uh, it was Sunday night, uh, November 11th, of last year when I did a kingdom man, basically God had begun showing me about how kingdom being a kingdom man is above everything else, everything else. Uh, and I said, you can go back if you want to go back and, and listen. It's uh, November 11th of last year and uh, just stuff that God had really been working on me. And it, it, it had really started many years ago, but God just brought the revelation about it about a year or so ago. The second part was stewardship. God actually gave me that on our trip to, to California when we went to see the Castaños. Uh, just looking out the, the plane window, just, I just saw this land and I, in my heart, I asked a question. Uh, I wonder who owns that land. There's it, a lot of land and, and, you know, you have to be careful when you're asking a question because God, God's always listening and sometimes He chooses a, a, to answer. And, um, the answer He gave me is, uh, there are no true owners. We are all stewards. And so God gave me the second part, which was stewardship, which is not about management, but it's about uh, multiplication, multiplying the kingdom of God. That was Sunday, uh, Sunday night, January 6th of this year, if you want to go back and listen to that. And um, I, really, I really talked about what Larry had brought prior to that, about framing the issue and about how we have, as a society as a whole, even as, a, as Christians, we have framed the wrong issue. And so that, that was uh, really good for me. Uh, the last, the last one prior to this morning was uh, God really began to work inside of me that you know if I'm a kingdom man, well then the question that I had to ask myself: Do I really want the kingdom of God? Because in the end, we are governed by what we want. That was uh, February 17th on a, on a Sunday night, and uh, <clears throat> that was uh, really just a question to. Really going back to Psalm 139, you know, do I really want the kingdom of God? Well, how do I determine if I want that or not? Lord, search me and know if there's any wicked way in me. What, what's in me, Lord, that, that needs to get out? And, um, and so this, um, this morning, you know, as I said, I didn't intend for this to be a series, and I thought it was, I was, it was over. But we were at, uh, me and Shannon and the kids were at Mardell, and, and we're, I think we're getting ready to leave. And, and Shannon's like, oh, you, gotta, you, gotta, you need this shirt. She's like, you need this shirt. This is you. This is your message. And uh, the the shirt said "Kingdom over Culture," and I was like, "Hey, you know, I, I do need that shirt." And so uh, after getting that shirt and and really just just saying that "Kingdom over Culture," God, uh, what I had been working on, it was just it just it wasn't going anywhere. And God began to open up the scripture, the scripture that we're going to read this morning to start off. He he really began to open that up to me with that mindset of kingdom over culture and. Uh, and so God, God gave me another part, which is uh, to the Kingdom Man series of, of what, what I'm calling it. And so um, we're going we're gonna to start off in Matthew chapter 10, verses 34. And this scripture, the, the title uh, above mine, it says, Christ brings division. And I had, I've read this, I don't know how many times, but with, with that mindset of kingdom over culture, I read it. And God, God really just began to, to open it up even more. And so I'm going to read it right quick. And it says, do, do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. 
For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. And so um, these verses began to say to me that, that Jesus is saying it's my kingdom over your culture. It's my kingdom over your whatever it is that you're placing in front of him. And so this morning the question, the question that I have to ask you, and, and as I said, when, when, when I'm going over this, it's really – it starts with me. And so – this began with me, and, and the question is, what is it going to take for you to fully surrender to God? What is it going to take for you to fully surrender to God? You know, that's, that's, um, that's, that's something we really need to, to ask ourselves, because uh, as, as we've been hearing in this, in this church, you know, that, that, that game, game time is over. It, it's, it's, it's time to, to quit playing games. It's time to quit playing church. It's time to quit doing a lot of the things that we've been doing, and uh, it, it's getting real. So kingdom over culture. You know, Jesus is saying even in, to take up your cross and follow after him means that even God's kingdom is even over our very life. You know, and, and you, th- you think about it. You know, most Christians, they'll proudly proclaim, you know, yeah, Jesus is number one in my life. He's first. Uh, I think if I ask anyone here, you know, who's number one in your life? Well, Jesus is. Well, who's number two? Well, my spouse. You know, uh, and that's the way it should be. But, you know, we say that, but we're, many of us were unwilling to give up what, what our, our cultural upbringing, you know. And so we think that by giving that up, we're giving up who we think that we are. And, and what God has shown me that this is an unseen enemy in the kingdom of God, that it has replaced kingdom truth with what I'm calling cultural ideology. And, and when God began to, to reveal this to me about a year, year and a half ago, it was so deep in me that I didn't even realize it was there until God just, through a series of, of things, God began showing me that the Hispanic uh, culture and that the poverty mindset was such a part of me that it affected every area of my life and I, and I didn't even know it. And so... As God revealed this to me, I began, I began to see it everywhere, and I began to see how we actually hold on to it, and we proclaim it as kingdom truth when it's really, it's really not. But, um, you know, that, that, that goes on. If, if you want to go back and listen to Kingdom Man, it, I, really, I really talk more about that. You know, and, and by talking about the Hispanic culture, race is not the issue here. You know, race has never been the issue here. This is a kingdom issue. God showed me that this is a kingdom. First and foremost, this is a kingdom issue. And if, if it's a kingdom issue, guess what it needs? It needs a kingdom solution. So I believe that, that this time that we're living in, it's, it's a, what I call the end of the end time or end of the age season. You know, that no one knows the day of hour. We're, we're, we're sure of that because the Bible tells us. But Jesus also says that we need to be able to discern the times and the seasons that we're in. We should know by what's going on. And so uh, in Luke 21.10, you don't have to go there. I'm just going to read it real quick. It said, Then he, Jesus, said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. The kingdom of culture rises up against the kingdom of God in, in, our, in our society, in our lives. You know, and that's what God has been dealing with me and showing me. 
in this world, we see the kingdom of darkness rising up against the kingdom of, of uh, a kingdom of God. You know, and, and if, if you notice what's going on in the world, it's really not a nation against nation. It's a kingdom against kingdom. It's a kingdom of darkness coming against the kingdom of, of God. And so if we are truly kingdom men and women, we need we need kingdom solutions first and foremost. We also need kingdom resources, you know, and so we we with that, we also need kingdom power because the call of God on our lives, each one of us have a call of God on our lives, you know, and so what we need above everything else is God's power, God's God's anointing, God's spirit, whatever you want to call it. We need him to do what God has called us to, to do. And so um, what God showed me that it is kingdom over culture, not in place of it. So uh, I want you guys to hear that kingdom over culture, not in place of it, because the way I was brought up is who I am, is the reason why I am the way I am. And so it is a part of me. But, you know, and, and this has actually been a part of this church when, when Larry brought the message brewers are. You know, it's very easy to say, you know what, we're just like that. Me and my wife, when we first got married and we were talking about different things in our families, she would point something out to me. And I'm like, that's just the way they are. What, what, you know, to me, it wasn't a big deal. To her, it was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? You know, and then same, same with, you know, same both of us. You know, so I didn't see anything wrong with some of the things that I was brought up with, the, some of the some of the the cultural issues that, and, and stuff that I was brought up with. So it's kingdom over culture, not in place of, you know, in the, in the scripture we read, it said, Jesus said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So it's kingdom over family, not in place of it. it we, don't, we don't discount our family and say, you know what, I love Jesus, I don't have time for you. But because we love Jesus more, it allows us to love our family the way we were intended, the way we were supposed to. So... um Kingdom over culture, not in place of it. You know, our culture contributes to who we are, but it should never be elevated above who God calls us to be. So, you know, God created us. God created you. God created me for a specific purpose. And in this specific time, you know, there's a scripture that, that refers to that, that, you know, that the very time that we live in, the very place, the boundaries of, of, our, of our dwelling, you know, God, God, God saw that. And the reason... Is it's all it's all for His kingdom. We we sang about it this morning. So this morning we're gonna. I want to really talk about kingdom over culture. What what it means. What it means for us and and how 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 uh, it's a part of who we are. Uh, the first thing I, I really wanted to, to talk about is you know what is the kingdom of God? Because if we're kingdom men, we need to know what what we represent, who we represent. Number two, faith. God has shown me that faith is the key. To unlocking God's kingdom in every every way, every way, whether it's salvation, sanctification, uh, uh, restoration, whatever it is, faith is the key. And uh, number three, the last thing uh, we've, we've been hearing about it, about the fire of God. Scripture says our, our God is a consuming fire. And the question that I, that I have for us concerning God's fire is what does the fire of God mean for you? So what what is the kingdom of God? Um, I like to let Scripture interpret and, and, and reveal what, you know, anytime I have a question or anytime I have something that God is doing to me, I mean, it's either from the Word or it, it, it uh, makes me go to the Word. And so if, we, if you guys can turn to Romans chapter 14, verse 14. 
Romans chapter 14, verses 14 through 23. So with, with the question, what is the kingdom of God? We will read this. Uh, verses. <clears throat> there you go. Make sure I'm in the right place. Didn't look right. Okay, I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself. But to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Do not destroy with your food the one for whom Christ died. Therefore do not let your good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for the man who eats with offense. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. Do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith, is sin. And I read that whole thing because the last, the last parts I can going to take us into the, to the, to the next point. But um, the kingdom of God is not in what we do; it is, it is in who we are in Christ. You know, the the scripture says, "For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit." Um, if you guys were here on the Sunday night that uh, that Will preached, I think it was the last time that he preached, he uh, he spoke about treasures in heaven, and. Uh, I shared with him and I shared with a couple of people that I've had, I've, I have a lot of messages that move me, but that one really did something inside of me and for me. It, it, uh, it allowed me to go somewhere that, that, uh, I thought I've already been before, which is imagining heaven, imagining what it would be like in, in God's presence. And that night in, in, in worship, we kind of went in a, in a spontaneous, uh, like a, a, a song of the spirit. And so, with that in mind, when when, uh, when Will said something about, well, you know, what do you what do you want? What do you want in in heaven? And I said, a, a house by the river. And he goes, why not? Why not a house by the river? You know, in, in Revelations it talks about that the the twelve trees with the fruit, the fruit of healing. You know, uh, and so I, I began just when he told me that I began thinking about being in heaven. You know, work work in my garden. You know. In my, at my house by the river, you know, and, and, and the river is, is is beautiful with a lot of fish, and uh, and and I just I just imagine someone, whether it was a harp or whatever, just someone begin to to, to play to, to worship the Lord. It's a song of the spirit, and and everyone everywhere just slowly stopped what they were doing, and joined in the worship. And and I, I was imagining this that how awesome is that going to be? To be in heaven, to just do just doing your thing, whatever it is, you know. Like Will said, why not a house by the river? And just a song of the Spirit erupting, and just everyone coming around and worshiping, worshiping the Lord. And so, you know, to me, that's what the kingdom of God is like. You know, because we can't even, you know, those, the, what I just described to you, everyone has a different image in, in their head right now in their heart of what of what that would be like. So the kingdom of God is not in what we do, it is in who we are in Christ. It is it is it is uh 
our everyday, our everyday thing, you know, if you want to see Jesus, go and do something for the least of these, my brethren. Because on Judgment Day, that's what Jesus said. Whatever you, you know, you, 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 I was, Jesus is going to say, I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was, well, we hope it's the other way around. I was hungry and you fed me. I was hungry and you came to see me in prison. We're going to tell him, you know, Jesus, when did I see you hungry? When did I see you in prison and go visit you? And Jesus' words were, whatever you did to the least of these, my brethren, you did unto me. So you, if you want to touch Jesus, if you want to see Jesus, go find the least of these, my brethren, and go do for them. And you, you, have, you have touched the hand of Jesus. You, you've seen Jesus. So righteousness, peace, and, and joy. You know, righteousness in the broad sense, it's, it's the state of him who is, in, who is such as he ought to be. The state of him who, who is such as he ought to be. This is a state that we ought to be in as, as believers of Christ, as, as God's children. The condition acceptable to God. You know the only way that we can be in a condition acceptable to God? Is that we, we have received the free gift of, of, of grace, the free gift of salvation. What he offers, you know, Jesus became sin that we might have the righteousness of God. So that is how we, we are in that condition that is accept, acceptable to God. It can only be attained through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's the only way. Peace. I, I looked it up. Uh, one, peace, quietness, rest. And I love this, what it says, set at one again. Set at one again. And it reminded me of, of uh, John chapter 17, verse 20. If you want to go there real quick, we'll read it. John 17, 20. So peace is being at one again. John 17, verses, uh, we're going to read 20 to 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me, and have loved them as you have loved as you have loved me. To to be set at one, you know the the we sing about it in in, in the, you won't relent. That basically God it, the song is saying God is not going to relent until you and Him are one. And what that means is that that I mean you think about it that there's nothing it, it, reckless love there's nothing that He won't do to to come after us so. <clears throat> That we may be one, and that's where true peace truly lies. That when you when you are at one, when you're one with the Father, with the Son, with the Holy Ghost, when you're one with God, your circumstances don't change, the trials and tribulations don't stop, you don't stop experiencing life, but you have a peace because of of of, of God. And joy, if you have ever experienced joy, God's joy. There are no words to describe it. it it's, uh, it's, it's unspeakable. There, there's no way to, to, to truly put into words joy. You know, and I, I once asked the question, God, how, how do we know when, when uh, how do we know when you, when you're, when your presence is, is present? When, when we're in your presence, uh, in your presence is fullness of joy. So when there is fullness of joy, 
you are, you are in God's presence. And so when you can have fullness of joy in a, in a, in a, in a difficult time, in a time that, that according to the world standards, it, it should be a time of, of, of everything else, that's, that's the presence of God in, in your life. So joy, joy unspeakable. Uh, if you guys would turn to Matthew chapter 6, we're going to read verses 19 through 21. Matthew six nineteen through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust, destro- rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When, when uh, Will brought that message, it, it was, it was, he really brought out a lot of things that I had not thought about that are, that are treasures in heaven. Actually, I, I don't even think I've really even considered really what that what that really means until the the message that, that Will brought on uh, treasures in heaven. The kingdom of God is the treasure house, treasure house. Excuse me, with treasures that cannot be taken away or stolen, and treasures that are eternal. These are things that will not be uh, taken away from us. And so, uh, what is the kingdom of God? Well, we know according to Scripture it is righteousness, peace, and joy. And, you know, the kingdom of God, it also, Scripture also says don't look for it because the kingdom of God is within you. And so um, being kingdom men, being kingdom women, the first thing we need to know, the first thing we need to understand is what is the kingdom of God. You know, and, and uh, second, faith is the key to unlocking the kingdom of God. The end of uh, where we started out on Romans 14, for whatever is not from faith is sin. You know, taken by itself, and, and not to take it out of context, but to take that, that by itself, for whatever is not from faith is sin, that puts everyone in a, in a level playing field because we, we all fail at that. We all do things that, that, aren't, that is not of faith. And so um, I just want to put that out there that, that whatever is not from faith is sin. And so... If faith is the key to unlocking God's kingdom, then we need to know exactly what faith is. Uh, Hebrews 11, 1. I'm going to read that real quick. I'm going to read 1 through 3. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the, th- the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You know, our life on earth requires what I love. I love that it says now faith, now faith, what, and what I like to call now faith. It is faith for right now. Yesterday's faith is not going to sustain us for today. We need, we need the same thing again today. I'm reminded of the children of Israel, the manna. They needed fresh manna every day. And I've heard a lot of uh, uh, sermons and preachers talk about how that is a, is a good analogy of, of that we need, we need fresh manna every day. We need, to, we need to read the Word every day. When, when you don't, what happens is, is we, as a people, we, be, we begin to build doctrines on yesterday's faith, on yesterday's manna. And we, and we believe that this is the way it is and this is the way it has to be and this is the way it's always going to be. You know, and I don't think it's, it's a coincidence that, that in the Word it says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. 
if you really think about it, every day we wake up, it, it's, uh, it, we need now faith. We, when, when we wake up each and every morning, you know, uh, I had a brother in Christ in the, in the Smith unit that uh, one of his mysteries, uh, ministries, and he, he actually continued doing it when he got out. He would write scriptures. Uh, uh, he would write out the scripture like he'd write out 11, uh, Hebrews 11:1 1 through 3 on a, on a little piece of paper, and he would put like you know now faith is required for today, or just he'd put a little phrase, and he would go around and, and, and hand these out, and um, you know that that uh, it, it was it was something fresh every day that 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 the word of God, and it, it was it was amazing how. That those that that those scriptures, what they would do, how how God would arrange something so simple, yet make it have such an impact on someone, that is now faith. You know that each and every day that he that he uh, woke up, he would do that, and something that we would that he would do, he'd say uh, he'd say, hey brother Mike, this best day, and what he was asking is, is this the best day of your life? And I say, you know what, best day. I said, is it the best day for you? He goes, it's the best day, Mike. He said, because Jesus is Lord. And, and this is how we would, when we, when we saw each other, this is, how, this is how we'd always say, best day, best day, brother. And we knew what, we, what, what it meant is that today is the best day of my life. You know why? Because it's today and because Jesus is Lord. And so what happened yesterday is really irrelevant because today is a new day, a new opportunity to, to, to live for God. And so... Now faith, what I like to call now faith is thinking out, it's, it's like thinking outside of the box. Now faith requires us to think outside the box because God is not going to do things the same all the time. You know, you, even the, the rising of the sun and the setting of the sun, you know, if, if, you, if you look at it, I mean, you know, everyone says West Texas has some of the most beautiful sunsets, sunrises. You can look at it and just, oh, my goodness. And, and don't go inside and go get your, your camera or your phone because when you come out, it's going to be different. And it might, it might even be gone. It might even be gone. So if you ever see one and you have your, your camera, take a picture. And so um, now faith is thinking outside of the box. Noah believed God for something that had never happened before. And I, I went and did a little research that uh, there is biblical proof that there was, there was never any rain until the flood. But there's also biblical proof that, that, that says, oh, well, it did rain. And for, for the sake of what we're talking about, I, I, I honestly believe that it hadn't rained up to that, to that day. Because uh, if, if you think about it, his message, what was the message of Noah? You know, it, it's going it's to, you know, God is bringing a flood. It's going to rain. You know, it's, it's going to rain. I, I, love, I love what it says. There's a, a, a meme or whatever on Facebook. It says, uh, you know, uh, Everybody, everybody made fun of Noah, you know, until it started raining. <laughs> you know, and then, it, then it was all of a sudden it wasn't funny anymore. But Noah believed God for something that had never happened before. You know, that um, he, was, he was preaching a message that God is going to flood the earth. And, and well, if it's never happened, you know, it, it never will happen, of course, of what, according to what the people would believe. But it took... Noah, it, it took now faith. It took it took faith. It took thinking outside of the box that God's telling me to build this big old monstrosity of an ark and to you know to get two animals. So it requires now faith. And I, I love that Noah, you know, that he he had that faith. And and so <clears throat> Abraham, uh, Abraham obeyed to go to a place he would receive as inheritance and went out 
not knowing where he was going. You know, we, 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 we like to say that we'll follow God until he tells us to go somewhere that we don't know, you know, or, or that we, we're not too sure about. You know, that, that, requires, uh, that requires faith. You know, when, when, uh, when I came to Andrews, I, I, I sincerely, honestly, I, I prayed and I asked God. I said, God, you know, do I, you know, I, I wanted God's direction. I wanted his, 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 uh, for him to tell me, you know. Do I need? Do I come to Andrews? You know, when I get out of prison, do I need to come? To, do I need to be in Andrews, and or do I need to go back home? You know, what? What? You know, that was a dilemma. You know, that was a, and I, I never received clear direction. I, I never received a, a Andrews. You know, there was no, you know, bright light, no funny, funny feeling or whatever. Uh, and so, you know, when when things came up, it was you know, my question was, well, God, are you are you is it the devil trying to keep me from going to Andrews, or, or is that you trying to tell me not to go to Andrews? And so I made the decision to come to Andrews. I said, well, you know what? It's time for me to be on my own. Uh, I, was, I was 35 when I got out, and, and I was like, it's, it's time for me to stand on my own two feet and to be my own man. So I think I need to go to Andrews, you know. And so still, no no, no uh, confirmation, nothing. And, uh, you know, I got out February 28th. Uh, I think it was in May. I went back home to my parents for the first time in, in, in a lot of years. And as I was there at, at, at the welcome home party that my mom and dad and, and family gave me, in the middle of all my, my friends and my family, God, God told me, you made the right decision. And I knew, I knew what he was talking about. You know, it had nothing to do with, with, uh, with, with what I was eating. Uh, I made the right decision by coming to Andrews. So God confirmed afterwards. And so going out to a place that you don't know is, is, not, is not always easy especially when God is not telling you one way or another. So that requires, uh, that requires thinking outside of the box, and it requires now faith, what I like to call now faith. Uh, by faith, Sarah received strength needed to conceive sin, uh, to conceive seed, and bore a child. <laughs> she don't need no strength for that. Yeah. Man, what a difference a couple of letters make, huh? <clears throat> For you on Facebook, S-E-E-D, seed. <laughs> she received strength needed to conceive seed and bore a child when she was past the age of childbearing. So, so by faith, she received strength to conceive that, you know. And so I don't know many women that would have that much faith to, <laughs> to, to, to go that far, you know, as to have a, a child in, in your old age. And I'm not calling none of y'all old, by the way. So, all of y'all are still young enough. So, I'm gonna move on. The best example <laughs> of now faith is seen in another example of, of Abraham, and 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 to me, it's the best example because it really required thinking outside of the box. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. Uh, Hebrews 11. Still, we're still there. Uh, verses 17 through 19. Uh, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. So you think about it, excuse me. Concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead. Who thinks like that? Who, who thinks that, that, well, God must is going to raise him from the dead? 
Well, when God has given you a promise and he said this and, and Isaac, your seed, and this is your this is your promise, whatever it is, this is your promise. And then God says, I want you to kill it. OK, well, now faith requires God, if you're telling me to kill it, well, then you're you're obviously going to raise it from the dead. And and how many of us just like that song we sang, you know. Take my dreams, take all my fears, you know. We sing that. How many of us really mean that? God, take take the dream you've placed in my heart. Take it from me. Think about how, how difficult that would be that God give you a dream and then he would take it away. And God has shown me that when he asks for something or takes something, it's either he's going to return it better or he's going to give you something even better than what you could ever believe. And so you guys saying that, if ever, whoever saying that, you, we told God, take my dreams, and along with that, take all my fears. We, we like to give up the fears, but we like to hold on to our dream. So thinking outside of the box, that's what I like to call now faith. You know, when, when uh, last year I was, I was like to God, you know, give me, give me a word. And, and it was, I, I, felt, I really felt strongly in my heart that it was risk, risk. That my word for 2018 would be risk, and that I, you know, so I was kind of excited. You know, I wonder, you know, God's going to ask us to move. You know, God's going to, you know, lead us somewhere. I, I don't know. You know, just whatever takes a risk. And I went through the year, and then at the end of the year, you know, when beginning of the next year, when when Larry's asking, you know, kind of for us to stand up and give, you know, I began to think. I was like, wow, I don't even take no risk at all. And God showed me that when you, when God showed me when I revealed Kingdom Man to you. You took the biggest risk by saying, I want that above everything else. That is the biggest risk we can take is to surrender everything to God and to say, I want to be a kingdom man. I want to be a kingdom woman before everything else. Because, and the risk is because of, of what goes along with it. Uh, we, we read about it. You know, Christ, doesn't bring, Christ came to bring division. A man's own enemies will be, a man's enemies will be those of his own household. So it, it, takes, it takes now faith. And, and uh, verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently, diligently seek him. Hebrews eleven six. You know, um, Hebrew, Hebrews 11, is, they're, they're full of stories that, uh, that show how, how now faith is, is believing God for the impossible and acting upon it. Believe in God for the impossible and acting upon it. You know, um, I think I was talking with Larry, and we, we were talking about how, how uh, when, when God does things, I, I can't remember exactly the, the, what we were talking about, but basically, you know, the mir- miracles and just God's manifestation that many times we're not even looking for it. And I was telling about the time that I, I had prayed for, for Shanna. She was, she was dealing with a lot of issues, uh, uh, physical issues from the, from the C-section and and. and, and uh, the tubal and all that, and we we were watching uh, one of those Darren Wilson films, and so that kind of inspires you to to pray for people and and want to be one of those that, and so and without any intention of of, of healing, that wasn't even in my in my mind. I decided to pray for her, and and uh, I remember she she I mean she was like man God, God healed me you know God and I began to pray for stuff that she was wanting to tell me to pray for that that. She didn't have. She didn't have to tell me. God, that's God 
work in, 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 the, in, the, in the situation, in the moment. And I remember after I prayed, I, it was like, okay, you know, and when she, and, and I think we do that as Christians. We, we, we have prayer requests. We have people say, hey, I need, to, I need you to pray for me, and we pray for them. And then we forget about it, and we hear the, 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 the praise report, you know, God did a miraculous thing, and we're like, oh, wow, okay. You know, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, and that's, that's the, that should be the pattern of our lives, that we don't need the, the big fireworks. We don't need the, the jumping, oh, I'm healed, I'm healed. You know, we don't, we don't need that. What we need is, is faith to believe and act upon it and let God do the rest. So now faith is believing God for the impossible and acting upon it. Uh, Hebrews 11, as I said, it, it, many call it the hall of faith. You know, and uh, verses 39 through 40 say, And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Believers that were before us and those that will come after us, we're all, we're all one. We're all one in Christ. What if you did not receive the promise of God so that those that come later can be made perfect or made complete? What if, what, if, what if God asks that of us? That we would not receive what he promised us. That, that requires faith. You know? So are you willing to not receive the promise of God in order for someone else to benefit? Think about that. Would you be willing to give that up for the next generation or for the next person to benefit from what God promised you? you know, that, that's, um, it goes back to what we sang. You know, God, take my dreams. Take my, take my very life. Take, take everything. You know, it's all for you. And then that prayer or the bridge, take everything I am. Make me new, O God, I pray, till all that's left is all of you. Isn't that a prayer that we should be praying? I I believe so. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about, the fire of God. The fire of God is a consuming fire. And, and, you know, it's funny because Larry had been, he he actually had been talking about the fire of God. And and, uh, you, you, you tend to hear what God is doing in the Spirit different different areas it's a good way to confirm that god has given you the message that, or the word that you need to you speak and so the fire of god no one is exempt from the fire of god and i remember i, I, I ran across uh we can turn there mark nine forty nine. when i ran across this i was like oh this is good uh mark nine it's gonna be 49 and 50 For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. That very first sentence, for everyone will be seasoned with fire. And, and you know what that, what I think about? It, it's everyone here, we're, we're all living our lives, and we all encounter and go through things that the next man goes through you know and one of the things god showed me many years ago is that each one of us that you are not unique in your struggle you are not unique in your sin you're not unique in whatever it is you're going through no no temptation has overtaken man except what is common and god is faithful and will allow the way of escape and so no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man what god showed me in that scripture is that you're not unique in your struggle and that what you're going through Others have been there and others will go there. 
And so what, 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 is the, what is the proper response for that? You know, pray for one another. Confess your faults one to another. That, she may, that, that we pray for one another that we may be healed. We, we are accountable to one another. We, we share with one another our struggles, and therefore we bring it to the light. And so the fire of God, it, it's just, it's just it's light. I, I like to look at it as life because, I mean, me and Shannon, talk, we talk a lot that, that uh, we, we wonder, why is it that some people go through so much? You know, we are, we are talking about, um, I don't know how we got to talking about uh, uh, foster kids and how, you know, people foster children and, and, and how some children, by the, by the time they're my, my kids' age, you know, seven, eight, nine, have been through some crazy messed up stuff. And, you know, it makes you wonder, why, why did they have to go through that? You know, and, and why is it that the next person seems to always have something going on? And, 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 you know, like when Josh shared, he's like, I don't, I don't, he, he basically said, I don't feel like I've ever been through, through much, you know, and we can all feel like that sometimes, but, um, that, that is the, the fire of God in our lives. It, it's just going through life. It's just living life, you know? And so as I was, as I was, uh, preparing this, uh, I thought about, you know, well, what is the purpose of God's fire? Well, I thought, well, let's look at fire. What is the purpose of fire? You know? If you look at the purpose of fire in general, fire has been used in rituals, in agriculture for clearing land. It's used in cooking. It's used for generating heat and light, for signaling, propulsion purposes, smelting, forging, incineration of waste, cremation, and as a weapon or mode of destruction. So you think about it. Controlled fire can be something good. When fire is out of control, as we see in California, I think in uh, Colorado there was some fires. Out of control, it's it's uh, it's devastating. It's a uh, it's a destructive force, and uh, it, it can be bad. So fire can be good, or or it can be bad. So if we look at it. It depends on how it is used, and so it is with the fire of God. You know, we each go through life. You know, you ha- you have a. You have you have two brothers from the same family that had an abusive alcoholic father, and one blames his dad because he's an alcoholic and he beats his wife, while the other one is successful and leads a great life and he's a, he's a believer and he he contributes his success to his dad that he he swore he would never be like his dad and he he was on same same situation two two different outcomes why why is that it's it's because of the choices that they made. You know, we we've been when we this the messages of this church. I mean, the, the gates. You know, the the what, what, where we lost the gates. You know, uh, to to the enemy. I mean, it, it, this is something that, that we've been we've been hearing in this church a long time about. You know, uh, one of the the best things I heard. Uh, one of the best things I heard uh, advice about our past and about living now was a counselor that I had at the Smith unit. She said that, you know, as a child, you weren't responsible for what happened to you. Whatever you went through, you weren't responsible for it. She said, but as an adult, you are responsible for what you do with it. And that spoke to me so much that it, it and, and Larry has, 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 has spoke about it. That it doesn't matter how we got it, whether we picked the sin up ourselves or whether it was laid on us and, you know, whatever. The, the fact is, it's there. What are you going to do about it? So it's no longer a matter of we we it, there's there's no one to blame, you know we we could we could we could cast blame all day long, but it's a matter of what are you going to do 
with what you've been given, you know, whether it's good or whether it's bad. What are you going to do with it? You know, and so we have the choice to believe God's word and act upon it or, or to not, because God's word says that one of the things it says in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God. You want you want to be in the will of God, begin by giving thanks In everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Another scripture that we, we love and we know is all things work together for good. If those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. You can take those two scriptures, and no matter how bad something you went through, how whatever, if you believe those scriptures, number one, you say, God, thank you for that. That's not an easy thing to do, but it's, it's, it's following uh, scripture. Number two, God's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that I can see the good that came out of this, because I believe your word is true. Therefore, I choose to let that fire refine me and then when you choose the other way you you let that you're going to let that fire burn you up so whether it be good or bad everyone will be seasoned with fire the question we need to ask is what will be the result of god's fire in your life what's going to be the result of of what we go through so it really does boil down to to what we choose and it goes back to the the last the last uh, teaching I had about do you really want the kingdom of God, it really boils down to what you choose. You know, I remember um, having discussions in prison about, yeah, but what about the, the, the tribe that never heard the gospel, that never heard about Jesus? It's not fair that they go to hell. Well, you know, Scripture says that, that, evident, that, that, the, that, God's, that God himself is revealed through, through uh, creation. And that no man is without excuse. And so, in other words, it doesn't. It, it, we we are all going to be without excuse on the day because the, God's creation itself reveals who He is, and it says even His Godhead. What is His Godhead? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So even that will be revealed through whatever it is, wherever we are. And so, <clears throat> every everyone will be seasoned with fire. Will it be good? Or will it be bad? Well, that that depends on on what we do with with what with what God gives us. And so, um, just going back over, you know, we need to we need to we need to know what is the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God? Faith is the key to unlocking God's kingdom. And the last thing, our God is a consuming fire. The fire of God. Everyone will be seasoned with fire. Will it be good or will it be bad? I'm going to uh, have Mike play the song, and as he's getting it ready, I just want to read what it says. I'm giving you my heart and all that is within. I lay it all down for the sake of you, my king. I'm giving up my dreams. I'm laying down my rights. Giving up my pride for the promise of new life, and I surrender all to you. I'm singing you this song, waiting at the cross. All the world holds dear. I count it all as loss. For the sake of knowing you, for the glory of your name, to know the lasting joy, even sharing in your pain, I surrender all to you. You know, this morning, it's not about salvation, unless for you it is about salvation. But it's what I want to do is offer you this, this morning the opportunity to say, God, this day I want to surrender it all to you. You know, as, as this song, as I heard this song, because... Uh, I wanted the song for the end of this, and I was, I was just, I, t- I typed in surrender it all. And this song came up, and as it played, 
I realized what their areas of my life that I haven't surrendered and that I want to and I want every area of my life to be surrendered to God and so this morning if you would go ahead Mike if you want to surrender it all to God you can do it from your seat you can come up here you know the, the whatever God has moved on your heart but as, as this song plays listen to it and if you're ready to surrender it all to Jesus well then do so this morning give you the opportunity you can come up to the altar you can do it right there Lord we just give it all to you
this morning, Lord. Father, we know that uh, we can say that we surrender to you, Father, but uh, you read and know our very heart, the very intents of our of our mind and thinking. So this morning, Father God, I just pray that you would just uh, peer into each being here, Lord, to each one of the deepest part of us, Father, and ask us that question, Lord. What is it going to take to fully surrender to you, Lord? And if we've chosen this day to say, Lord, this morning I fully surrender, well, then let it, let it be revealed by our day-to-day living, by our words and by our actions, Father, and by who you have called us to be, Lord. So as we go about, Father, our day, Lord, just continue to show us what it means to be kingdom men, to be kingdom women, <clears throat> and to live with a kingdom mindset and to truly have kingdom over culture, Lord. Father, you are preparing us for whatever it is that's to come, Lord, and, and not only that, Father, but you're preparing us for eternity, Lord. Each and everything that we go through, Father, is, has significance, has meaning, and has purpose, Lord. I pray that from this day forward, Lord, we would look at everything through you, Lord, through the lens of, of, of uh, eternity, through what you uh, have called us to be, called us to do, and through your kingdom, Lord. May your kingdom come, and may your will be done, Father, on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.